This is Pauline Jennings, and you're listening to Musician Talk. If you have been out and about listening to live music in and around Northfield and beyond, you have very likely heard Mark Ross perform some time in the last, well, many years. And I'm very happy to say that Mark is my guest today. Mark was born in St. Paul, Minnesota, and is first generation born in the United States. His folks are from Poland. Growing up in the 50s and 60s, rock musicians like Buddy Holly and Richie Valens influenced him very early on. A bit later, he discovered hard rock and metal. Mark played in his first band at the age of 14. He wrote and recorded, to cassette, his first original songs with this band. Doesn't seem like he's looked back since. Let's find out more about Mark's musical journey and what he's up to now, including his new recording project. This show, by the way, includes two of his extremely recently recorded original songs. How exciting! It's time to talk with Mark Ross. Hey, Mark. Welcome to Musician Talk. Hey, Pauline. Thank you. Nice to have you. Hey. And we wouldn't be real Minnesotans if we didn't remark about the weather. It's great. This is like an awesome day. It is. We all have to get outside. That's for sure. Thank you, Wendy, for setting this up for us. And I just want to dig into your personal musical journey. Start when you first started playing or when you first remember taking lessons, whatever you choose. Yeah. I I think I was like... um, 13, 14 years old, and I had a, uh, an attic bedroom, and I had a coffee table, and I would stand up on the coffee table and jam some like Guns N' Roses music and have a pool stick that was my microphone. I was like <laughs> pretending to be singing. So <laughs> that was my original start to, uh, to music. But uh, no, then I had a, started guitar and, and took a couple of lessons here and there. <clears throat> um, we started a band with uh, some high school friends, and that's kind of the, the journey started there, playing a bunch of power chords and kind of a punky metal style you know so. wow so you were 12 13 when you started guitar as well yeah i, I think i was 13 when i got the guitar yeah. and you said you took some lessons a couple yeah just a couple and then you did it by ear or i just yeah i think a lot of it you just kind of pick up as you play and once you learn like the basics sure you know i just i, I kind of get distracted easy so it's hard to stay on on track with lessons i'm more <laughs> just like do it yourself got yeah. it and did you were you singing right away when you were playing guitar um, no, I started out as a guitar player only, so oh that God. was my thing, was lead guitar, and then for a long time in the bands that I played with, they would say, Mark, don't sing, <laughs> you know, you can't sing, you're, you know, so it was no. like, yeah, so I had to like work my way up, I think, as, as a vocalist too. And just, but you can uh, sing, so what was wrong with them? Were they trying to, they didn't want you to sing so they could sing? Or? I, I think it was just my style of singing back then, like I sang in choir and um, oh, when I was like okay. in elementary school and, and then I, I didn't do it in high school or anything. So I think I just was trying too hard to like hit the big journey notes and Bon Jovi notes back then. So <laughs> it just wasn't working for me. That's a good <laughs> so, thing to aim toward though. Yeah. Hitting those big notes. That's always yeah. the tough part. So, uh, so you played in, in band, in a band, uh, in high school and then where, where did things, how did things morph from there for you? Uh, yeah, I think it just for high school, it was just a high school band. Um, we wrote a few songs and, and that's kind of when I got into songwriting. I've always been kind of poetic. So I have these books and books and books of poems oh, that nice. I wrote. So I guess I come from kind of the Jim Morrison type of a songwriter where it's poems first. And then what I would do is hand those poems off to uh, the lead singer that we'd hire for the band at the time. And then he would make melodies out of them and stuff. But uh, so I always wrote words and, and then I just evolved from there to 
um, gradually recording at Pachyderm with a band called Rainmaker back um, in the 90s. Um, and uh, from there, we did some Midwest regional playing um, between here and North Dakota and Wisconsin and just kind of played around the region for a while. And that band was called Rainmaker? Yeah. And how long we, how long were they? did they play? Uh, we were together for a couple, two years, I think, okay. uh, or so. But uh, yeah, it was a little more indie um, alternative rock with that band, uh-huh. um, but it was fun. We uh, had a great time playing and recording, and yeah. And what years was that? Uh, that was like ninety six, ninety seven. Okay. So where'd you go? What'd you do after that? After that band fell uh, apart or broke up or yeah. whatever you did? <laughs> yeah, I invested quite a bit into the studio time there, but um, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. So you recorded an we album of, yep. mu- of music, and yep. then you didn't stay together to go out and play oh, right. and promote we it. Promote it, yeah, yeah. So Dang it. I know. Although sometimes I tell you maybe that's better because you go out and promote it and then you sell like a hundred out of the thousand yeah, that I know. you made. And it's just yeah, so if anybody wants to buy one of those, I still have cases in the basement, I think. You know, so. And we could throw in one of our, our <laughs> yeah, CDs for right, free yeah. if they buy one of yours. <laughs> Probably find quite a few local artists that could do that. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, after that, I just started putting together bands or trying to join bands. Um, but I kind of started to work myself towards singing at that point. So... That's kind of when I started doing vocals, and um, I have VHS tapes of those days of playing with the, with the bands in the nice. you know, uh, late 90s. Um, just as a vocalist, it was more of a... I had a band called Mark Ross and the Rhythm Junkies, Tragic America. I mean, it was kind of hard rock, classic rock bands, you know, stuff like so that. So it sounds like you were, ran the bands that you that you were in, mostly. Yeah, I've always kind of been like the band leader for you got things. it. Yeah. What do you like about that? I mean, I assume that you like it since you keep doing it. Nothing, but... but. <laughs> okay, so you don't. <laughs> no, I, I do like it. I, I, I guess... Um, so I grew up with a big influence with like Bon Jovi and artists like that and Kiss and stuff, but I've always looked at music as an art and a business, and mm-hmm. I think that you just... Somebody needs to lead. I mean, I, I get democracies, but there's no democracies in music. Somebody has to take the reins and run with it, so... It seems like the bands that... I don't know. I'm sure some people can do it, but that that it does work in groups that I've been a part of anyway, to have one or two um, leaders, co-leaders or a leader, because like you said, it's it's really hard to decide what you're going to do by committee. Yep. You, you know, you have to have a, a, a direction and a song list and how, how are you going to do those songs? How are you going to rehearse those songs? Yeah. So you, yeah. you do all that. Yep. You produce yep. it, yep. basically. Yep. Yep. And then you run the, run the rehearsals. Yep, I try to keep those like down to project management too. So, you know, if it's coming, it's from seven. It's like let's do two hours till nine. Let's try to pick a focus. Um, I mean, I've gone as far as Google searching like how other bands rehearse. Just because sure. I'm just curious, like how do other bands run their show? Uh, I've worked with some artists that are very like <laughs> you know Gestapo right. on the way that things go, and right. um, you know others that are a little more free. Um, I think one thing about um, me, and I hope is I. I've always been lucky enough to have like amazing musicians around me, mm. like great players. Um, yeah. And so they kind of, they show up prepared and they, they come to practice, they come to practice to rehearse, not to, not to learn songs. Right. So. Oh boy. I, I could just hug you for that <laughs> remark. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's really important and they don't even have to be the best musicians, although that really helps coming prepared to rehearsal knowing that rehearsal isn't a time for you to learn your part. It's a time for the band to learn how to play together. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, can I say that again? Yeah, I know. I yeah. Say that again, bro. I try to make that clear to every <laughs> new member out too. There, right. Yeah. So, what projects do you have going now? Uh, right now, so my current 
uh, full band project is Mark Ross and the 319. Um, and that 319, as we talked about a little bit here off air, was, uh, that's the address to the place that we practice. So that's kind of what we use Perfect. to come up with that. Um, and I've had... Um, I, so the band started a couple years ago, actually pre-COVID, we started out and did a recording or started working on some of the first tracks to debut with that. And um, with that one, that's actually what we're going to hear today with Ghosts, we can talk about that. Okay, but uh, uh, fantastic musicians and fantastic players on that one. And then uh, COVID hit and pretty much replaced the entire band that was pre-COVID with a whole new band after COVID. So, wow. Um, but again, I'm lucky. The players I have right now are just fantastic. I, you know, so they could pick it up quickly. Oh, yeah, you didn't yeah. lose any much time. At, at no, least. no, no. I, I'm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you brought up Ghost, and that's a great little segue here to the first song. Let's talk about Ghost. This is an original written by you. So, tell me about it. Well, how? What was? What's the inception for the song? What? Where? Where did you get the idea for the lyrics, which I love? Yeah. Um, I'm um, very interested. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I picked Ghost. I think you said kind of pick two songs that kind of mean something to me. And Ghost was kind of the song that I wrote that kind of brought me back into writing and, and playing. I took a big, big gap when uh, our kids were born um, to raise kids and not do music. So I took about seven years off of playing anything mm-hmm. um, and uh, focused on the kids. Um, and then through that time... Uh, my wife and I, Vanessa, um, have just gone through things, obviously. So, um, like, we're currently separated, okay. but we're best friends. And nice. we cohabitate, and we raise our kids together, and we're just awesome, and she still plays with me. Um, but Ghost is kind of about that. So those lyrics, you know, maybe this time it's for real. Um, there's just a lot of things that go through in relationships and life, and that's kind of where Ghost came from for me, was just letting that out, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because that's I, I wouldn't have thought of that tack for this for the lyrics. I, I was thinking more of a personal journey in that because it, it hit it it hit me, the words hit me about living in with your ghost or living um in what you what you wished had happened, what what you wish would happen and uh and you it's a waste of time. You know, I mean, and, and so many of us think that it's the thing over the hills going to gonna ha- be the next thing and then we'll do what we want to do. Right. So I, I, t- I put a lot into this song with those lyrics. I just totally make oh, it, per- made it personal. That's great. Yeah. So um, before we listen to it, uh, why don't you let us know who's playing on it? Yeah. So Ghost is the my pre-COVID band. So that was a, uh, gosh, I kind of remember. Actually, Bill... Um, Right, William Wright. I don't feel Bill. He plays locally here with uh, a few bands once in a while. He played guitar on that one. Uh, Mitch Jones on bass. Uh, Barry Knudsen was playing drums. Uh, so these guys are all uh, from kind of around the area. Cannon Falls, Rosemount. Right. Uh, Vanessa does some vocals on that. And, and Vanessa Ross, yeah. is your daughter. No, that's actually my wife. Your wife. My separate okay, wife. thank yeah, you. Yeah. Got it. And then um, Caroline Priori, who is also local to Northfield. Uh, fantastic fiddle player. I was told Caroline when I can pay her more than $100, she'll become a violin player. I don't think less for <laughs> fiddle, but she's, no, she's an amazing artist herself, but she plays fiddle on that. Yeah. And so. where was this recorded? Um, we did this one at Little Big Studios in Cannon Falls. Okay. And uh, the engineer and um, producer, or co-producer with me on this was uh, um, Brent Sigmeth, who's worked with me back at the Pachyderm days back in 96. So um, he used to be the engineer for Pachyderm Studios. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh uh, was it, or did you have any challenges doing this recording the song as you recall? Uh, no, except 
like we listened to it a few times and sometimes we think that well, we could re-record this someday just because it was fresh coming back into the studio we've been out yeah. of the studio and out of writing for so long or i've been out of writing so just kind of getting it in there and just getting it done i uh i felt like i just needed to get it done yep. and so it was more like yep. let's just get it out there right but you know as a songwriter you're never 100 percent happy with your songs no you're i think right. as a performer too yeah it's it's like well we could re-record that yeah, I know. because we could always make it better right. but, so uh, I, anyway i think it's wonderful the way it is so let's take a listen cool. to um Ghost, written and performed by my guest today, Mark Ross, along with a few choice musician friends of his.
This is Pauline Jennings, and you're listening to Musician Talk. We just played Ghost, an original tune by my guest, Mark Ross. Mark plays guitar and sings on this tune along with a handful of other talented local musicians. All right, so uh, Dancing With Your Ghost. I love that lyric, and I think it can just apply. I love that the listener can take what, what they want away from the song with that line. I, that, I didn't say that very well, but you know what I mean. <laughs> it, you can interpret that a bunch of different ways. And we all have our ghosts that we have to deal with. And we're always dancing with them, aren't we? Yeah. You know, yeah. fighting them and trying to work out our lives with all the, the baggage, I guess I was right. thinking of. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, it's, to me, it's a, like a modern, a modern um, country rock kind of rock beat with a fiddle it is it's uh yeah that's one thing i'm working on like through songwriting is um we had a great um review of the entire ep from um an americana songwriting kind of um website that did a really big review on it and they mentioned uh alternate what they call it alt americana so, alt americana yeah americana know, would have been the other word that i would have thought yeah. of but. so i graduated like in the uh, mid 90s and um so around that era there was uh, all these bands that I listened to, like, you know, Gin Blossoms to Counting Crows to having that uh, alternative sound. So mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I try to stay away from that. Uh, you know, uh, my friend Joel wanted me to say Jane's Addiction, but yeah, those guys too. Yeah. Uh, um, right. it's, uh, it's just that style of music, you know, that we grew up on. And um, so I, I'm trying to like mold myself to a different style, but it, you always take the past with you. So everything that you grew up on. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, your your voice works really, really great with this with this kind of music. Yeah, I, thank you. Yeah, Thanks. works really well. So we've talked a little bit about um, songwriting process, uh, and that you start with the words. You start. You have, you're a poet, and so which is lovely, a lovely way to start a song. I think that's that you have that talent. That's that's really really handy <laughs> to have as a songwriter. Yeah. What What do you do next? Um. So I've changed uh, over the years. So okay. back when I was the only uh, the the lyrical writer for the band, I would do the lyrics first. Um, now I write, I have probably like 200 recordings between my phone and my computer of Got it. Uh, different chord progressions and different ideas. So now I go guitar first and that's kind of where I start. And then I just start making up words and melodies. Um, and then I also have this giant notepad on my phone where there's two lines, four lines, eight lines. <laughs> right. Just depends on what's in my mind at the time, and I try to bring those out. So that's kind of my process right now. Um, you know, we're gonna, um, I guess I'm just trying to evolve. I think every songwriter is always trying to evolve in some way to, to get better each time. You know, yeah, I, was, so. I, w- I wrote a song because we were doing an album. I'm not a songwriter, obviously, because it was like that's the only time in my life I've written a song. <laughs> right. and I have no compulsion to do it. Yeah. Um, and I, I just love that uh, you have evolved with the way that you're writing your songs and trying to grow from that. Um, how do you decide out of all these recordings, let's say right now you have 200, you know, that you could pick from to record. How do you, how do you make those decisions? <laughs> do you have a committee that you send <laughs> songs to? Goes, this, should we continue with this one? You know, it's like throwing darts, I guess. Huh. Um, I feel like I'll do something and, and we'll put it together and I'll think, okay, this is great. The lyrics are great. The sound is great. Um, and even record it. And then you might go back and write something new during that process and, and wish you could do the new one instead of the one you just did. I mean, right. it's just, it's constantly like a thing, I think, with songwriters. Right. Um, so that's kind of, I, I think I just listen to it. And do we, do I feel like there's a melody? Do I feel like I got a good hook on it? Uh, got it. 
So okay. yeah. well, you've been doing it long enough too. You kind of probably have a some kind of internal. It's a judge good thing. Saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah, saying this one, this one will work. This one will work. And so with this one, um, how do you decide uh, on the instrumentation for a song when you're going to go into a studio? Yeah, for that we do. Um, so one thing I've always. I, I've always gone to the studio. Um, we've, we've always prepped the songs a little bit in advance um, with my band. Um, we try to pre-produce everything a little bit, at I least know. go through it at home. Um, but um, I've never guided anybody to do things except maybe little tweaks here and there. But otherwise, um, I, I, like, I write the melody and I write my guitar chords and that part of it. But everybody else is just, they're amazing musicians. So they just they just do. They have a feel and they're like, do you like this? I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that yeah. part of the songwriting process, and it seems like that happens a lot, unless you're Prince. And I think that this, I think that's rare for somebody like Prince because he, mm-hmm. he would have all the parts in his head, and he would say to the drummer, "This is what you play." He would say yeah. to the bass player, "This is what you play." Yeah. I don't think that happens. Usually, it's the it's the individual musicians bringing their talent and their ear and yep. their ideas to to a, a melody or to a, a bunch of chords, and that. What a great collaborative experience you yeah, have. It's right? great, yeah. And you have buy-in then, right, for, from everybody in the band. Oh, uh, totally. Like, on, on the new stuff, yeah. You know, I, I work, like my full-time job is actually, I also do project management business analyst. Um, that's where I get paid. Because <laughs> music doesn't pay as well. But, you know, in there, I, I like delegation. I think that I'm not a micromanager, so mm-hmm. it's good to have, like, people just manage themselves and play their parts. So, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Um, in in your in the intro, or I mean in the bio that you sent me, you mentioned that you want to play more in Nashville. So I just want to ask you about that. Um, th- when have you played there? What are you what are you doing down there? Because you know, you, if you had said um, Duluth, it would have been a whole different question. But when you say <laughs> Nashville, there's a lot. That's a loaded place, right? It uh, is when it comes to music. So it is. I uh, we were down there two weeks ago. Um, um, my youngest daughter Ari, who uh, you'll hear here in a little bit. Um, we were looking at Belmont University for her because she was, wants to do music production and, and songwriting. But um, I wanted to go to Nashville to see it because it's the music capital of the country, maybe the world, you know. Right. So, and I know there's New York and California, sure. but uh, Right, and it's not just country music being recorded down not, there no, at all anymore. No. Right? Or played down there, I've heard right. everything. But okay. um, I also... Um, and the songwriting talent in Minnesota, I've I've hosted many uh, singer-songwriter things here, and it's amazing. And down there, it's amazing. But down there, you have the publishing companies and people that you can be heard by a little bit more than you do here. So um, with both of my daughters graduating this year, I decided I think I'm going to go spend some more time down there. So my plan is to just go back and forth between here and Nashville for like once or twice a month for a week down there, a week up here and stuff like that. So you can do your job virtually? Yes, I can. I've that been, is great. Yeah. Okay, so are you going to go down do solo stuff? Yeah, I'm going to try. So I've got a. I, I've come back from there. I made a giant spreadsheet of all the different places. Um, oh, actually, the next song you heard or you're going to hear here coming up December, um, that was mixed down in Nashville by Casey Wasner. So um, he did the mixing on that one. And so there's a lot of Northfield connections down there. Yeah, uh, yeah, quite a few players from here that are down in the area. So. I was going to have Casey on for my 50th show. Maybe I'll have him on for my 100th. But, uh, yeah. He recently won a Grammy, I believe, or at least in the last couple of years. Um, and that is, well, we didn't say Craig's name yet. Not but, yet. Uh, 
uh, he, his name is mentioned about 90% shows that I have because <laughs> yeah, he's got his hands know, right? in so many yeah. things here, particularly with the recording. So before we get to the next song, I just want to talk a little bit to you, uh, with you about the importance of music. And um, I mean, I know it's important to musicians' lives because it's what they do, but I, I'm just wanting a little bit of a deeper dive into the importance of music in, in your life, in your children's lives, in your family life, in your, in your relationships with other people, what it's taught you that you can, you know, that morphs into the rest of your life, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've, when, I, when we had uh, our daughters, or even, you know, when they were born, and even to myself, I always thought of uh, the piano or guitar and music as like Prozac. <laughs> so, nice. So um, I always uh, like wanted the kids to be like, hey, when you're feeling something, just put some headphones on, listen to a tune, or sit at a piano and just play because it just gives you like a distraction that you can like just get out and do stuff with. Um, and then through playing music, um, I've always found that people just bond you know right really well together i think that that's what i hear the most is that that the way that music has affected um a personal your life personally but also in the culture is the bonding and the and the and the relationships that you make mm. uh, but i, I want to get back to the prozac thing and because i think that's really important so the whole, what you mean by that is that it releases chemicals in your brain i assume it mm. releases chemicals in your brain naturally by listening to music as opposed to taking it from the external mm. which there's nothing wrong <laughs> with doing that of course not yeah. right um but that that you get that dopamine or, or serotonin, whatever it happens to be released, I'm not sure, yeah. when you hear music, when yeah. you play music. Yeah, I think it's part, partly that. And then also as a player um, or even as a lyrical writer, you're getting stuff out that's in your head. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Right. It's really big it's a way for me. To, to purge all that stuff in your yeah. brain. Yeah. And I like that, getting it out as opposed to being distracted by let's say TV, which you're not getting out, you're getting it out of your head, or you're just right. you're just pushing it further down so that you don't have to think about yeah. it, whatever it is, instead yeah. of taking it out on the page. That's wonderful. So you're you, both your daughters write music? Um, not both. Um, our youngest daughter Ari uh, okay. is uh, she's always been a fantastic poet. So uh, from a young age, when she wrote poetry, uh, we took pictures of it, and she's very vivid in her wording and stuff, and just beautiful. So um, she's the one that does. Um, the songwriting now and was on the next song that we're going to hear here. Um, and our other daughter, Kiri, uh, is a very outdoors person, but uh, she has sung some stuff with me at live shows before and they both have this just amazing vocals and amazing talent. But Kiri's not one that wants to be a, a songwriter. So. Well, uh, indeed, I, I, I believe that Ari does have an incredible voice. And so let's go ahead and talk about the second song called December. Um, why don't you tell me about the inception of this song too? Yeah, uh, so lyrics, um, Yep. So this next song was written completely by um, my daughter Ari. So great. she um, had a project to do for her senior project, um, and we talked about it a year ago. And I said, "Why don't you do a songwriting project? And let's take it from conception of writing a song to everything that goes around songwriting and the and, and the trade as a business and life, and then." actually go to a real studio with real musicians and record the song. And so, um, so the first thing I did is, um, this year we put together an outline <clears throat> on how we're going to do this. And there's a fantastic book out there. And if you haven't read it and you want to song, write, It's called how to write one song. Nice. And it's written by Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. Um, okay. and 
I gave her that book and she fell in love with the book. She hasn't read a book in a long time, but Jeff really gets into personal life of himself. Um, so um, going through mental health issues and going through addictions and going through things and how music helped him and, and how he became a songwriter. But the book also has a lot of like tricks and tips for word games and word sure. matters and stuff. Anyway, she read that book, uh, loved it. We worked with the outline and then she's always been a poet. So she had all these words written down and, Finally, I'm like, okay, what song do you want to do? <laughs> you know? um, so we sat in um, our living room, and I'm like, do you want me just to like play some chords, or how do you want to do this? And she's like, well, I kind of have a melody in my head. So she sang right. through this already. Like, I did nothing. So um, <laughs> we recorded her just doing it a cappella uh, like two or three times, and she really had no structure to the song at the time. Uh, but I felt like when you say December, when you say this, it sounds like a chorus to me. So I'm like, can you rewrite the song and just move the choruses around? Can you change a few things? So um, she did that. And then we um, uh, went through it again and I just listened to it. And then um, I just picked up the chords later. So I wrote the chords off to the side while she was you know, listening to the recording. And I'm like, I think I got this, you know, it's in B flat major, which sucks, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> for a guitar, yeah, right, for, well, for a capo. So it's not too bad oh, for me, but, but, um, so we recorded it and we just ran through it a few times and then we just kind of kept finding the structure of the chords and, um, hit it, sent it off to one of my best friends, Dave Hudson, which I know you don't, Dave and Jacqueline. Yeah. So, um, Dave's like, make her move it up to the key of C. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we moved it to the key of C and, uh, and it came out that way. Um, and so this one we recorded with Craig Wasner. Um, well, for there Craig's it is. Place. There's his name. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Craig's famous in this town for sure. <laughs> That's right. Uh, just a beautiful man, beautiful family. Um, so yeah, we went to the studio there and, um, she came in, I brought my current band in for this one, um, which are fantastic, awesome players too. Yes. And they backed her up and, um, every time she did something or they had questions, I was like, Ari, it's your song. What do you want to do? Nice. Like you have to kind of learn to produce you. yourself. You know, I don't yep. want to like tell you what to do in your song, you know? So she did a really good job of producing. Um, like she went to the fiddle player, KC uh, Olson, who had played fiddle on this and she's like, well, I like it when you do this thing. <laughs> nice. And uh, he's like, oh, you mean the vibrato? <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's it. It's, you know, more of that. So like, she's, you know, she's learning to like step up for herself and say what she wants to hear. Right. So, and yeah. learning the jargon. Yeah. Right, also. yeah, yeah. So K Casey Olson on fiddle. Who else is uh, playing on this tune before we take a listen? Yeah. So my bass player, Brian uh, Lutchinger. Um, okay. So he's from like the Chaska area. Um, on drums is Jeff Mueller. Um, and Jeff, you might recognize Jeff if you go out and see like Marty Anderson and the goods because Jeff plays drums with Marty quite a bit. Okay. Um, and then I did the guitar um, and Vanessa actually did the background vocals on this one. Okay. So. I was wondering, I was wondering if that was just, just she uh, overdubbed that or whatever you're yeah. did. But. Yeah, there's like three parts. So um, Vanessa did some harmony stuff on this uh, for Ari. And it's funny because Vanessa said later that their voices are so similar, you know, except right, younger. The blend. Yeah. No, with, with, when blood is involved often, the blend is so great. Yeah. Um, and what a great, I mean, I don't know the adjective, but better than great to have a recording of your daughter's song with, with her mother singing on it and yeah. her father playing on it. That is what a gift. Yeah. That is just incredible. So let's take a listen, um, to December, to December. Um, written by my guest, or not by my guest, yeah. written by my okay. guest daughter. Yeah, Ari Ross. Ari Ross. <laughs> That's right.
This is Musician Talk, and I'm your host, Pauline Jennings. My guest today is Mark Ross. You just heard a recent release of his called uh, December, written by his daughter, Ari. Um, I have to say that when I usually when I listen to these songs that musicians sent me, I'm working on an outline. I'm typing or doing something else, and this song stopped me. <laughs> I couldn't continue, and I got chills and a little teary-eyed, and I am now because I get so emotional with music. Um, you must be so proud. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, wow. As a dad. Yeah. Wow. I mean, Jeez. it's just it, her singing is just wonderful. It's such a unique mix of um, uh, of with the, the voices and the way that the, 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 the instruments are being intertwined and, and the and the oh and the voices being intertwined, not just wor- with words, but with the O's and the O's and the, really well crafted. Yeah. She was really worried about it being a terrible song when she started it she's like and in the book i told you about with jeff tweedy he says you know you got to write your failures to get your successes so he's like i've written terrible songs too but i've also written great songs so it's it's learning to fail forward so i'm always taught the kids fail forward i like that (laughs) i mean you can't succeed until you fail i mean you have to fail first there's no way (laughs) right yes really being a human being that's kind of the condition where we're in so ari if you're listening you should be proud of this (laughs) absolutely so um we're getting to the end here and i want to get to best gig worst gig uh what do you got for us? We'll start with worst gigs. So we start end on a high note, unless you don't have any. <laughs> I I love every gig I play. I That's mean, great. Because I, I I'm getting paid to play it. So there's I guess the worst gigs for me are, um, you know, doing acoustic shows for the bartenders when nobody else shows up. Right. So it's about local support, like well, having people be there. You know. So you're fortunate because it's you know usually at, I guess almost. All that I can think of, well, okay, there's maybe a couple that are based on performance, but they're they're terrible because something technical happens, right? Yeah. The, the electricity goes out. It's, you're outside, it starts raining, and you're yeah. playing, and you're under an oh, umbrella yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So That's happened. Uh, yeah, we were playing Ernie's on Gull one summer, and there was a clasp of thunder, and then it poured for like a half hour, and I had my gear all set up on the, on the stage. 
So I was out there with garbage bags covering everything with bags and stuff. And, and you can't uh, get everything covered. No, and I had buffalo wings in my hand when the rain came down and it like splashed all the buffalo sauce on my oh, white no. t-shirt. It was just terrible. So I guess that would have been my worst quote there unquote you go. gig. But I knew I'd take it out of you. But I still got done eating and I threw them away and played the show. So it was good. You know, well, so. and you love every gig. So there's probably a ton of best gigs that you have. But what, what's one, one gig that kind of shines out for uh, you? I guess I would say it's not so much the gig as it is the type of gig. So um, we were, again, thankful for all the friends around this community. And so Ray Couderay, um had us come in and play the One Hit Wonder show at the um, Armory here. And we just recently did the Bruce Springsteen tribute with Ray. Oh, cool. Um, and I've hosted many singer-songwriter shows where I've brought in singer-songwriters and we just do original music. And anyway, I'm probably taking up too much time, but... It's all right. Um, the, the best shows for me are the listening room shows. When you get up on stage and people are quiet and listening to you play. Um, I play a ton of shows at bars and restaurants where everyone's talking amongst themselves at tables, yeah. eating food, playing with their kids, whatever. And you're kind of background music. But the, when you go to the stages where you're on a, a theater stage and people are actually watching you, that's nothing tops that ever. You know? 100% concur. Yeah. yeah, it's tough sometimes when there's everybody's eating and talking and yeah. then they're trying to talk over, over the band yeah. and uh, all that. And then you, but, but you just pick out those couple of people out there that are actually, that you can see their eyes. It's like, okay, I'm going to sing to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, thank you for those stories. And uh, let's talk about what you got coming up here with, with gigs. Yeah, so I am playing a duo. Uh, Vanessa and I will be doing the duo with 319 Unplugged, which is what we call it. Um, and what kind of music do you do? Some original stuff, and, then, yep. and that is like modern country rock. <laughs> you know, I, I get, uh, which no, I get a lot of compliments. Uh, a lot of people compliment us because uh, the variety. We do everything from you know classic rock like Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles mm-hmm. to Pearl Jam to Bon Jovi oh, cool. to Eric Church and Keith Urban and uh, pretty much all over the board. You know, that's great. Um, and then take requests. You know. And that's down at Froggy Bottoms on April 2nd. Yeah, we're doing that show on April 2nd. I think mid-April. Um, we've got a full band show, so it'll be Mark Ross and the 319. Um, and that's going to be a, a great show. It's in Minneapolis. Um, April 16th. Yep, and that's at Glicks. And that'll be a fun show. We're actually playing that show with uh, Ray Coudray and Fred the Bear. So... It'll be uh, two bands that night down there. So it'll from, be a fun show. Right, from in, from Northfield. Yeah. So if yeah. you feel like traveling and getting out, clicks on April 16th. It's a place you can get, go and uh, actually maybe know the people on stage. Yeah, we might have to get a bus and just pull people down with <laughs> That's us. That's a great <laughs> idea. I'll talk to Ray about that. And then you're playing at the Chart House at the end of April. Yeah, Chart House down in Lakeville, uh, end of April. All right. And then throughout the summer, hopefully, like I said, hopefully back and forth between here and Nashville. But uh, we we do play a lot up at like Madden's Resort and uh, the Whitefish Chain and up north. You know. All right. So look for you if you're if you're vacationing. Yeah, if you're vacationing. Up there. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah. Go to our website, Mark Ross and the Three Nineteen. Uh, that's um, exactly where I was going again. <laughs> so let's slow down and say that. So where can we find out where you're playing and get your music? Yep. So if you go to Mark Ross and the Three Nineteen, you got to spell the whole thing out. Three nineteen number three no, one you nine. Spell it out. Th- T H R. Okay, got yep. it. Or just Google search. It's probably easier to Google search, right? Um, or find me on Facebook or Instagram. Um, out there, so I we post all the uh, shows on the website. Um, as far as music goes, it's all available on any online platform. So, um, so iTunes, streams, Spotify, yeah. Yeah. Okay. and um, 
got uh, two new ones that are in studio right now with uh, with Craig Wasner, and uh, we're trying to finish those. We've had setbacks left and right, thanks to COVID again. Yes, but, everything. Uh, so we hope to have those out, I'm hoping by April. No, you know. So. Well, this has been a terrific conversation. It's been very, very casual and chatty, and I love that about it. And um, it's been great getting to know you and having you share some of your musical journey with us and some of your new songs and your beautiful, wonderful daughter and her voice and her uh, songwriting chops. Yeah. It's really, really wonderful. Thank you. Very, very special. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today. All right. Thanks, Pauline. Thank you, Wendy. Yeah. Bye-bye. Many, many thanks to Mark for joining me today and sharing his hot off the press new and inspired original songs with us. What a treat and an honor. And I'm always so grateful to you for listening to Musician Talk on the One, KYMN. Have a terrific rest of the day.